Welcome again. Uh, my name is Jason Barnard, and that was the equals and the fantastic I Won't Be There. It's such a utter privilege to speak to Derv Gordon, uh, lead singer and songwriter for the equals, uh, such a, a, a fantastic band uh, from the 60s and 70s in particular. Derv, you know, massive welcome on the show. Thank you very much, Jason. You're very welcome. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy this. Hopefully it will bring back some memories. So we started off, as I said, with I Won't Be There. And was that yeah. your debut single in, in Equals? It was our debut single. It was actually the first time that we'd been in a recording studio. So it was a, a, an incredible experience. Yes, it was. I could, I could still remember actually actually doing it, yeah. What, what we were doing is uh, we were told that we had to do uh, 12 songs. For uh, President Records, we wrote all the songs ourselves. So before we actually went in the studio, we rehearsed uh, the songs. But uh, like anything else, when you're rehearsing, you know, you add bits to it or take away bits from it. So it was very exciting, and it was uh, at night as well. I love recording during the night. I don't particularly that fond of recording during the day. Actually, I prefer recording during the night. So yeah, yeah. Great and producer, it, producer as well, a guy called Tony Clark, who sadly is no longer with us. Oh, did he produce the Moody Blues? That's right, yeah. Well, he was moonlighting. <laughs> he was a Decca producer, but he was moonlighting. So, very gentle with us, you know. He wasn't one of these sort of 
bossy producers because, as I said, we wrote all the songs were written by myself, Eddie Grant, and my brother Lincoln. You know, we basically knew what we wanted, but then he would sort of give us other ideas regarding the songs as well and, and the recording techniques as well. Yeah, it was a great session doing that uh, first album, The Unequaled Equals. And uh, obviously we're playing a, a cross-section of, of songs uh, related from or related to The Equals. Uh, the next one is uh, was released as The 4Gs and Rough Rider. Can, can yeah. you tell me, Dave, why was it released uh, under a, a different name? Because I think it was you guys in The Equals. But also it's been um, covered quite a number of times and is yeah. probably even more well-known for the cover versions. That's right. Um, uh, I, I was listening a few days ago, actually, to the beat uh, version, which I quite like, actually. I, as a matter of fact, I prefer it to ours. Because uh, what it was, was that we were in a studio. It's from an experience. A situa- we were on tour. One night, uh, Lincoln disappeared. He didn't come back to the hotel until the morning. When he actually turned up, we were having breakfast. And we sort of looked at him, and he, he looked somewhat disheveled. You know, and we said, oh, wow, you had a rough night last night, man. And he said, yeah, oh, oh yeah. So a few days after, we were in the studio, and we had some time to kill. And we just started messing around, myself, uh, Lincoln, Eddie, and Eddie's brother, Patrick. Uh, out came uh, Rough Rider. So it was basically written about Lincoln a night that he had uh, away from the band after the show. Prince Buster recorded it, claimed that he wrote it. President Records threatened them, uh, his company with a lawsuit, saying that, you know, he, he didn't write it. It was written by, you know, by the Gordon Gordon Grant Grant, and he eventually conceded, and uh, so it didn't actually go to court. But yeah, I, I, I still get quite a lot of royalties from it. You know, it's been covered by quite a few people and from different countries all over the world, so yeah. President Wood didn't put it out as the equals, because they said it wasn't really sort of equals material. The influence of that is the fact that um, growing up, my father would play a lot of sort of ska stuff, and so we were familiar with ska music. Uh, same with Eddie, and uh, that's where the influence came from. Uh, there was a, a, a Jamaican band called, uh, I think he's still going actually, called Brian Lee and the Dragoneers, and he mm. did a lot of ska stuff, and he used to listen to a lot of the, that sort of stuff and blue beat and so on. There you go. Rider. 
rider She was a rough rider I don't know what you'd say If you saw me yesterday I don't know what you'd say If you see me today She was a rough rider She was a rough rider A bit of, of theme of the equals is in that you're you're hard to pigeonhole, which is obviously a great thing because there's so yeah. many different sides to your sound. That's right, because we we were I mean we started off basically wanting to be a sort of um, rhythm and blues band. We used to do a lot of uh, Chuck Berry stuff, Fats Domino, you know, Little Richards, Bo Diddley, you know, Albert King, that sort of stuff. But then uh, we realized that um, we're not going to happen as a blues band, really. There were a lot of blues bands out there, and most of them were far better than we were. And also, before we started recording, we performed in a, a club. We, we had a residency in a club called the All-Star Club. And in that club, we supported people like Wilson Pickett, uh, Solomon Burke, a lot, a lot of the big American soul stars. So we were sort of influenced there as Rufus Thomas and people like that, Carla Thomas and people like that. So we were influenced as well by their music as well. I mean, people are telling me now that, that we're, we're punk or we're glam rock. And if you listen to Baby Come Back, you can hear the sky influence in there as well. You know, so yeah, after attempting to be um, a blues band, we tried to be a soul band and that wasn't working either. So we decided uh, the best thing to do is to write our own stuff, really. And then no one can really criticize you then because it's your stuff. No one can say you play it badly or, 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 or not because it's yours. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what sort of band we are, really. And uh, also there's the fact as well that we were told that being a multiracial band, it wouldn't work. So mm. we, determined, we were determined to make sure that, that, that it works. And it does. I mean, we're still, uh, I mean, I'm still friends. With Pat Lloyd, uh, up until today, fifty odd years later, we're still friends. You know, yeah. we still work as the equals, myself and Pat. You know, so yeah, it does work. But also, in in a way, that sort of held us back. In a way, we were told that it wouldn't be wise for us to go to to the states, even though uh, our baby come back had charted there um, because of the race thing. So. Um, the record company, definitely, who was also a management as well and publishers as well, decided no, it wasn't a good idea for us to go to America, so we never did. Baby Come Back, that was one of the first songs that we ever recorded. That was on the same session as I Won't Be There. But it didn't sort of stick out at the time. Baby Come Back started life as a B-side in Germany. It's just uh, a disc jockey in Germany decided to flip it. It became a, a number one hit there, and then it worked its way over to the UK. The A-side to that actual record was Hold Me Closer. And, and not, Another good song. And That's right. Yeah. They're similar. Baby Comeback is a solely Grant composition with bits 
added by me uh, bits in there that, that I put in, but uh, not sort of credited for. But mm. uh, Hold Me Closer was um, a Gordon Grant composition, which is Lincoln and Eddie wrote Hold Me Closer. <laughs> you were basically saying that that song was released in the UK as well earlier but just kind of didn't do much and then it it wasn't actually I I Won't Be There was released in the UK as well as Germany and Mm. I Won't Be There charted in Germany Uh, due to that we did um, B Club which uh, was an extremely popular European it was a German show but it was shown broadcast all over Europe and it was a once a month show. So it was one of those shows that once you do it, once you do B Club, then uh, if the record is commercial enough, or it, it, will be, it will chart straight away. And that's what happened. So we, we, we had huge success in Germany and on uh, Holland, Belgium, and France, and so on, before we actually uh, had any success in the UK. The first successful thing we had in the UK was actually the Unequaled Equals album, which charted at number eight. Oh, okay. Before Baby Come Back, and 
and I won't be there. So that was another unusual thing to have an album in, in the album charts in top ten without having a hit single. Uh, you know, talking about um, very, you know, songs covered by other artists, and this is a particularly influential song. I think, it, again, I think it originally it was written by Eddie, and it's Police on My Back. That's, again, that seems very um, yeah. relevant today. Yeah, that was also released in uh, in on the continent as a single, but mm. was never released in, uh, in the UK. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think in Germany we had... 14 top 10 records actually wow so there's uh, songs that were released there softly softly was another one that was released um in uh, in on the continent but was never released in in, in the uk as well mm. they didn't think it was suitable for the uk market Mm. what are you serious 
Mm. Well, yeah, that's what the boss decides, and that's what it's going to be. And I thought, it, it's completely different to Baby Come Back. They could have re-released I Won't Be There. You know, we had mm. several songs there in the can that they could have released, but they went for Lauren and Hardy when it, it wasn't successful. Uh, it's not until um, Viva Bobby Joe. You see, President Records was uh, an independent company. It was run by one person, and that person was Eddie Kasner. Eddie Kasner was a um, manager. He was a record company boss. He was also a publisher and part, part agency. So he controlled everything. If he says that's what it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. Nobody argues with him. That's what it's going to be. You know, and that's the situation it was. You know, eventually, years mm. later, you know, it broke down because we just couldn't cope with that situation anymore. Mm. We needed to have more stay in what we were doing. And when we, when what we would do, we every so often we would go in and we would play him songs that we've written, and he would say this one, that one, that one, that one, that one. And when we played Bobby Joe, both. Bobby Joe to him, he said, yeah, okay, I like that. We said, okay, we want strings on it. And he said, no, strings are too expensive. And we said, no, that's what we want on there. We want strings on there. He says, even if we have to pay for it, which you pay for it anyway, but mm. indirectly, <laughs> if you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> you know, it's coming out of your royalties anyway. So, um, yeah, we had strings on it. And I think it made a difference. You know, it made a difference mm. to the song. And it, that's, that was another huge hit for us as well. Yeah, over here that was top ten, wasn't it? Yeah, but um, it was just a battle all along. You know, you name the songs and I'll tell you, there's a story behind every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. i 
Can I ask you about um, I Get So Excited? Because, again, that's had a lot of covers, but, I mean, that's a, a great pop song. I basically had the idea for I Get So Excited, and I don't play a musical instrument. Mm. So I have to sing my songs that I write to somebody who can play a musical instrument. I sung it to, to Eddie and the rest of the band. Eddie contributed... Uh, the musical, the riff to it, and so on. It was a, it was a curious song, actually. I thought it would have been more successful than it was, but yeah. but it wasn't. Uh, I think it had something to do with promotion as well, because President Records wasn't exactly the greatest company for for promotion. You know, mm. I don't think it was promoted correctly. But I've since heard um, Argentina version that was in a film. Man, it's really good. <laughs> I really like that version. I've heard another version by I think a, a group called the McCoys, and uh, uh, to be quite honest, that was pretty awful. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's it's a curious song. It, it, it's something. It, it's a thought I had, you know. I mean, you're walking along the road, you know, and you see um, a beautiful girl, you know, and you mm-hmm. think to yourself, "Wow, you know, she is really nice." Uh, Oh, I'm really excited here, you know, it makes me happy. Mm. And basically, that's how I used to write songs at um, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning because I was unable to sleep. So I would just go off and fortunately, my parents' house was big enough that we all had our own bedroom, so yeah, I didn't disturb anyone. And um, most of my songs, I wrote, that's how I wrote them, you know, at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. You get an idea, you go to bed, and you just can't sleep. Just can't sleep until I, uh, I, you know, I do something about it. So excited, I get so excited, no 
thing is especially when you, you you look at the the, the songs that, that were hits in germany this there's, there's so many tracks to to pick from uh another fan favorite is softly softly yeah that was also a very big hit in germany as well not just germany i mean austria uh, switzerland all over the continent really but it mm. wasn't released in the uk as a single actually softly softly would have made a good follow-up for, would have made a good follow-up follow-up for baby comeback yeah yeah but it was never to be. Podcast is Rubber Dub Dub. Uh, that's that was one of yours, wasn't yeah. it? Yes, it was. Rubber Dub Dub was interesting. It could have been a bigger hit, but the thing is, at the time, we were in uh, a sort of dispute with President Records as to royalties, and we had Top of the Pops on it, and we decided to go on a sort of mini strike and not promote mm. it. Hence, why it didn't go any further. How Rubber Dub came about? Rubber Dub Dub came about. My wife, was my girlfriend then, was working in a boutique in Oxford Street. I would send the group car to 
collector if we had a meeting in Denmark Street. I mean, that's where President Records was based. So if the meeting was overrun, I would ask our driver to go and pick her up for me. And she hated that because the group car was a Bentley and she, it looked so ostentatious. She, she, she just didn't like it and it would cause a commotion. There's this girl coming out of a, you know, a boutique in Oxford Street and getting into a chauffeur-driven Bentley. You know? <laughs> so on one particular day, I decided instead of get doing that, because I had a car, but I hadn't passed my test and I didn't want to ask the uh, our driver to do it. So I decided to walk down to, to Oxford Street. And uh, it was there, actually, it was near HMV Records where she was working, a few doors away, which was strange as well. And there was a coffee, a coffee shop a few doors away. So I went down to the shop. She was still working. I went to the coffee shop. I was sitting outside on the pavement, and I had this idea for this song. But I had... A, pen with me but I didn't have any paper and I had a cigarette packet I used to smoke Rothman cigarettes I had this Rothman cigarette packet so I'm, I'm humming this thing and I'm writing Saturday night and I'm sitting oh wow I think I've got a song here and she was late and my wife is always late she's ever been she's been we've been married 47 years and she's always been late she still is late <laughs> And uh, through her lateness, I happened to write uh, Rubber Dub Dub. So that, that, that's how that, that, that story goes. On that. Yeah. Saturday night, and I'm sitting in a tub. Got to see my baby, Rubber Dub Dub. Need hot water, I'm running out. Got to see my baby, Rubber Dub Dub. Wait till see my baby tonight's the night that I'm going to ask her got to smell sweet just like a rose sitting in my tub rubber dub dub sitting in my tub scrub 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 Saturday night and I'm having a rub got to see my baby rubber dub dub need more soap I'm running out got to see my I wonder what will be the answer This is the first time I'm going to ask her Sitting here I won't know the answer Sitting in my tub, rub-a-dub-dub Sitting in my tub, scrub-a-scrub-scrub Coming to my tub Said the spider to the fly Sitting in my tub, rubber dub dub. Sitting in my tub, scrub scrub scrub. Saturday night and I'm sitting in my tub. Got to see my baby, rubber dub dub. Need hot water, I'm running out. Got to see my baby, rubber dub dub. Wait till late to see my baby. Tonight's the night that I'm going to ask her. Smells sweet just like a rose Sitting in my tub Rubber dub dub Sitting in my tub Scrub 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 Sitting in my tub Rubber dub dub Sitting in my tub 
guys are the equals. You released a lot of albums in this period. You were very, very prolific. Um, and I guess that that certainly lent itself to in Germany for for the number of singles that was released as well. Um, a song I don't think it was released as a single, but I think it's from Strike Again. Um, a song that I like is I think it's one of yours. It's a Room of Doom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a that that that's another one of my three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like it actually. I like it. It's odd, really, because people tend to think because you write a song, you like it. But yeah. Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> you write something and other people will say, oh, yeah, I like that. So, you know, it gets recorded or whatever. But, you know, you think, then you say, well, I'm not keen on that song. You know, but, yeah, I, I like Robert Doom, actually. It's somewhat um, melancholy, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've written a couple of melancholy stuff. Yeah. There's a double called I Don't Want You To Know as well. Yeah, but a lot of these songs were, were basically written... We didn't do concept album, we just wrote songs. See, So yeah. therefore, the, the albums tend to be sort of a mixture of all different styles and different type of things. I mean, it's not until in the sort of late 60s, later 60s, and in the early 70s, that people started doing concept albums, you know. Mm. It was just combinations of, of, of songs, really. Yeah, Room of One to keep me warm. 
Despite um, your success on the continent, you still had quite a number of hits over here in in the UK. Another of them was also quite a statement as well, Black Skin, Blue Eyed Boys. Um, That's got to be one of the great Equals tracks. We had a a big fight with that. We went in the studio without the consent of President Records and recorded it. We always used to record in Regent Sound Studio, which is President's studio. But this was recorded, Vaxkin was recorded in IPC studio in um, Great Portland Place. And it was a big fight because um, President, well, Kasner, Eddie Kasner said it was too controversial. He, mm. he didn't want to, re- he wouldn't release it. He said the song, you know, it, it was racist, it was this, it was that. And we said, no, it's not, you know, this is how it is. That's what we are. We're a black and white band, you know, mm. and this is it. And whether you like it or not, we are going to record it. And we did. They eventually released it. Didn't put a lot of promotion behind it. It got to number eight in the charts. But it's one one of my proudest achievements anyway. Mm. I I enjoyed the session. Hence the OK, I'm loosened up now because it was crazy. It was a crazy session. It was not like a usual equal session. There were some other musicians in there and, uh, you know, things wasn't happening and I was a bit peeved and, you know, I said, come on, you know, this is it. And it was like five o'clock in the morning. We've been in there from about seven o'clock. You know, and for us, that was long. We, were, we still hadn't put, the, just about put down the, 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 the backing track. So mm. it was a great session. Okay, I'm loosening up now, children. Wow! <laughs>
another song that we um, recorded that was in a similar vein was uh, Stand Up and Be Counted as well. At that time, we were with CBS, and we, there was problems between CBS and President because we'd walked out of President. President was suing us uh, for walking out of our contract, and uh, CBS offered us a contract. At the time, CBS was under a restructure of their management. They brought in a, an American manager, uh, CEO rather, and he was more interested in, in, in his bloody dishwasher being installed than us recording. So uh, we recorded the song, but it was never really promoted. that President carried on releasing material as well after you left the label? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, President released a whole, loads of stuff that were just... Um, they, were, they were just um, album tracks. You know? mm. but they released them as singles, which uh, Ain't Got Nothing to Give You was another one as well. That was released as a single. It was an album track. It wasn't, 
meant to be single. You've got no control, especially in those days. You had absolutely no control. I mean, I remember speaking to, to someone who I admired. They were one of the huge groups of the 60s. I'm not going to name any names. And we were sitting there talking one day in a television studio. He said that he had, he had three number one records. They had three number one rec- top ten records, top five records, before he was able to buy himself an old banger because the royalties that they were being paid was, was just peanuts. You know? mm. And if I tell you the name of this band, you'd, you'd be shocked, totally shocked. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and they were a huge band, you know, and mm. they're not the only one. I mean, our first contract was 10% of, 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 of uh, wholesale, which is illegal. It should have been yeah. 10% of resale, retail. You know, yeah. We had to fight to get that changed. When you sign your first contract, I mean, you're just teenage people, you know, you don't really know the Lord, you don't really know, know the rules. There's a lot of abuse takes place there. It still goes on. I think one of the, the tracks that got released on present after you uh, left the label was a, a song called She Lives, she Lives for Today. Uh, That's yeah. quite yeah. a heavy sound, but it's a good one. That was written, that was written about my, with my wife in mind, actually. Yeah, I, I love that song. She Lives for Today. But it was recorded as an album track. It was basically recorded under duress, really. By then, we'd, we'd gone to court with President Record uh, with the CBS situation. We were told by CBS's barristers and by our barrister, it was costing us an absolute fortune. And they told us that we're not going to win because, you know, there's no precedent to, to, to the case. You know, it's like if you're a, a, a servant and you've got a contract, and you walk out of your contract, then you haven't got a leg to stand on. And that's because there was no other cases that were similar to it in in those days. We had to concede, and the concession was that we had to record two albums for for President Records, and they would choose the material. And one was a, a rock and roll album that we recorded, and uh, the other one was some of the songs were written by by us, but some were songs that were chosen by President Records. Because also what you've got to realize that President Record and Kasdan Music, which is the publishing arm, is owned by the same person. So mm. it, it doesn't matter to him if you record Fred's song, as long as Fred's song is, rec- is, is published by uh, Kasdan Music, that's fine. Had Eddie, Eddie left the band by this time? Um, yes, he had, yeah. We had a guy in called um, Jimmy Ains, who was a yeah. very good guitarist. Um, won a couple of Grammys, actually. Played with Ben Black, Steel Pulse, and so on. But uh, Eddie had uh, decided that he didn't want to be on the road anymore. Uh, yeah. Too much, he had a problem. We had a, uh, a, a very bad accident in 1969 in Germany, where Eddie was almost killed. And he was in hospital for quite some time. He had a problem with his heart, so he was finding being on the road um, because he could, we were we we were also a very uh, sought-after live band as well. You know, mm. we we were working six, seven nights a week on on the road. You know, and it takes a lot out of you. And he decided he couldn't cope with that, so by then he he, he left the band. But uh, mm. this for today, yeah, that's basically based on my wife, actually. Very independent mm. woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Take a good look out your eyes. Mama, come quick, bring your whipping stick, and don't listen to any of the lies. Say, Mama, she's been a naughty girl. I said, Mama, she ain't no girl. She just lives for today. She don't care what the people say. She just lives for today. Everything she does, she do it her way. She just lives for today. on recording in, into the late 70s I think you were uh, produced by Eddie um, there's a song you released called Funky Like a Train that yeah. that seemed to have been re-released so many times that was through um, uh, Phonogram but they didn't promote it yeah. and it became it became very popular in the clubs uh, commercially it wasn't no we, we did two albums we did the the Borneo album produced by Eddie and written by Eddie and also the Mystic Sister as well, produced by Eddie as well, and written by Eddie, all the songs as well. He had a studio in Hackney called the Coach House Studio, and that's where those two albums were recorded. Woo! 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 
track off uh, Mystic Sister called Nobody's Got Time. That's got some really good lyrics as well. Yeah, that's right. That's today as well. It was then that, mm. it was that then and it was I've always said that that song should should be a hit. I don't mm. know. I, I might just do something with it next year. I might, mm. Because I have a lot of confidence in that song. I have mm. a lot of confidence in that song. I'm yeah. not overjoyed with the production but uh, mm. the actual song I think could be very, very successful. Feeling, everybody feeling. 
We've got uh, two more tracks to cover uh, today, Dave. Um, the next one is uh, a cover of one of your tracks. Um, I think it's a song that, that you wrote for the Equals Explosion album, but this is covered by a sort of American indie band called His Name Is Alive, and the song's called Teardrops. That's a lovely ballad. I didn't know it was covered by someone. Really? If, have you have you heard it yet then? No, no. No, I've never heard it because it was one of those songs that um that's another melancholy I, I, why did I write so many melancholy songs? <laughs> yeah, I love the the end where you know you hear the toilet bloop <laughs> you know, like a teardrop. Yeah, one of my compositions. Yeah, love the song. Yeah. Yeah. this song's got a female vocalist. Really? No, mm. no, I have never heard it, Jason. I'm looking forward to, to, to getting a link on it and listening to it. Yeah. Teardrops, teardrops Falling from your eyes, falling from your eyes Teardrops, teardrops Falling from your eyes, falling from your eyes And I can feel the teardrops falling Like a river, like a river Please stop, please stop Teardrops falling down Teardrops falling down Please stop Please stop Teardrops falling down Teardrops falling down Yeah. 
Falling from your eye, falling from your eye. Teardrops, teardrops, falling from your eye, falling from your eye. To finish the uh, the podcast, Irv, uh, I want to want you to go back to the Equals and a song that I think goes back to the early eighties, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a good one actually. It's uh, Bad Boy. Bad Boy, yeah. I think that's a Gordon Gordon Lloyd composition. We had a new manager, and we decided to record some stuff, and that was one of the 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 songs that we recorded was Bad Boys. Also, Backstreet. Are you familiar with Backstreet as well? Uh, was that was that a single? Uh, yes, it was a single. The, the, those two were recorded at the same time. Right, and yeah. We've written some other stuff because um, Pat hadn't written a lot of stuff, but with Bad Boys and Backstreet, yeah, those were two songs that myself and Lincoln and, and, and Pat wrote. Yeah. Nice song. I'm yeah. happy about the production. Though. They brought in um, uh, a, a producer and... Uh, he was meant to be... He, I think he was a bit too light for us. You know? mm. He needed something heavier. He, he was more about arrangements and that sort of stuff. But the song itself mm. is an interesting song. So uh, in terms of go, going on in, in future, Derv, you, you, you mentioned that um, you're working on a book at the minute and you're still playing um, some live shows occasionally? Yeah, we're doing... We Actually, for the last two years, we haven't been able to, we had to cancel a lot of engagements because in 2014, mm. I was in hospital in intensive care for three months. Gosh. From April till July and I had sepsis. So right. speaking to you today, Jason, I'm a very lucky man. So mm. this is a mega killer. It is very difficult to diagnose. And I'm lucky to be alive. You know, I'm sort of 90% back to, you know, mm. we've done a number of shows since. Uh, in uh, Actually, in 2015, we did um, um, a five-week European tour, which mm. also was very, very difficult for me because I was in, still in so much pain. Um, mm. So many different types of painkillers and stone, and they don't really work. But I mm. uh, got through the tour because I had to prove that to myself that I could still do it. So, mm. but uh, 2017 is going to be a different year. Just working on some stuff now and some dates. So I'll be doing. I'll be going over to the states as well, and I'll be working with Jason Duncan's band. I'll be doing some shows with them in San Francisco in January as well. Marvelous. Just talk of some other stuff in New Orleans and, and various places. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Next year is going to be really busy. Stay busy, okay? <laughs> okay. Cheers, thank you. Yeah, bye. I'm gonna sit right down and write myself a hook line Don't give a damn about yesterday and the bad guys Oh Lord, I've been away much too long Bad guys, they 